0: Three, two, one.
1: Welcome back to the 16th Street Scanner. I'm AJ. That's
0: Tyler. Tyler, how are we doing? Do good, AJ. Real good. Uh, it feels weird that we're not talking about a race, but, you know, uh, like, we're not recapping anything. So, I don't know. I'm excited to look forward
1: to this yeah, one. It feels like it has been a while since we've just done, like, a standalone preview race although it probably hasn't been that long really but i don't know feels like the season's been moving along very quickly lately especially thinking back to like february when we're just getting started but anyway looking forward to the big machine music city grand prix in nashville this weekend i i don't know what there is to say about it other than it's probably going to be chaotic um i don't know i i think that's kind of fun but i'm guessing you
0: tyler are not so excited about that i i I am okay with it being a little chaotic as long as it's not like throughout the entire entirety of the race like you remember saint pete where they had the crash in the beginning and then like a couple crashes here and there like that's that's whatever that's kind of cool i think that should happen (laughs) but when it's like (laughs) literally half the race is under yellow that's when i get a little frustrated yeah i mean it was almost actually half the race last year um Okay, this is going to be the, I will. <laughs> this is going
1: to be the third big machine Music City Grand Prix. Um, 2021 was the inaugural event. Um, for those of you that don't know, it's a 2.17 mile street course. Uh, depends on who who you ask, but the uh, the course layout could you could argue it's maybe a little gimmicky. It's basically like an out and back. It's just two loops and long straights over the bridge, which is pretty cool. Um, over, is it the Cumberland river?
0: asking the wrong person. <laughs> yeah. You're the one who's been in Nashville. I, I, it's true. I've been several times. <laughs> I I don't know. It is the, it is the Cumberland
1: river. It's the Korean veterans Memorial bridge. Um, it's a very narrow, you know, cramped layout. Um, which obviously has (laughs) proved to cause some problems. But 2021, there were nine cautions for 33 laps, and it's been 80 laps every year. This year, it's also going to be 80 laps. Um, And then last year, eight cautions for 36 laps out of the 80s. So (laughs) So we should expect almost half. Yes, (laughs) should expect eight cautions. Okay. Huh? I, I would like to think that this year, like they'll maybe figure it out a little bit,
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I don't no know. Way.
1: No way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way most of this, I mean, I guess Long Beach wasn't that bad, but everyone knows Long Beach. I
0: feel like that's,
1: and that's a little more spacious for, for Long Beach.
0: Just course. seemed kind of fun. And chaotic. I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. If it, if it's an out and back then like, like Detroit was, then I get a little frustrated, but at least, at least this one has a bridge, you know, <laughs> there's something pretty to look at.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's very, I mean, in terms of like racetracks around the world, it is very, very distinct there. Are, I can't think of any other. And I think this was one of the big selling points when they initially brought this race onto the schedule was that like, there's no other race in the world like this, where they're <laughs> racing across a suspension bridge, like thousands of feet across, which I mean, if any series in the world is going to do it, I think it it should be IndyCar. I would not be surprised if NASCAR tried to glom onto this at some point, but, um, sounds like they're pretty covered Nashville wise, but yeah, I don't know. Um, do you think it's going to be as chaotic as it's been I, the
0: last couple of years? I mean, <laughs> have they given you anything to believe otherwise, I guess? Yeah, exactly. Uh, unless unless we see something where they've made some changes to the track. Like, we're, we're recording this early enough to where I, I'm not seeing a lot of that information out there.
1: I don't think anything um,
0: major. Yeah, it's yeah. Tuesday, August 1st. Yeah, so unless they're doing something very last minute where they're making a change for you know all oh, of this specific turn or and it's like what are you can if it's an on bag what are you gonna do yeah. <laughs> It's like you, you only have so much to work with
1: yeah well the interesting thing is like this is gonna be the last year of this layout actually just because the titans are building a new stadium and part of the track kind of uses the parking lot for nissan stadium where the titans play and um The new stadium is actually going to be like, I think where, or at least they're going to be using that space during construction for the new stadium, um, is going to be where a lot of the track is on, I guess it's the North side of the river. Um, so next year they're going to have to totally redo the layout, which, um, Part of it's going to use lower Broadway there, which is like kind of that main touristy drag with all the like honky talk bar honky tonk.
0: Yeah, I saw I saw I that headline. for that, but uh,
1: <laughs> hockey talk, hockey talk.
0: <laughs> hey, they had, the, they had the NHL draft,
1: right? Yeah, um, they, got, they got the Preds, <laughs> although fuck the Preds, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, lower Broadway there, all the honky talk bar honky. How? Why can't I say that? honky tonk is are i've never been there are,
0: are they actually oh yeah like, it's very like country like uh someone someone that my buddy john that i was with there with uh mm-hmm. who's you know he listens to the show big f1 fan Shout hopefully becoming an indycar fan uh he described it as a lot of like country bars but there you'll find you know your jazz your your rock and roll um mm-hmm. i'm not i I didn't see like that money standing out to me, but I, I heard some Hendrix as I was walking down the street. So, <laughs> well, that's something at least. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of a
1: cool, so it's, like, it, it's a cool background for a racetrack. I think it's obviously it's not like the Vegas strip, like f one's doing, but I feel like it's kind of their answer to that. Um, and for those of you who didn't, here indycar is moving the finale to nashville beginning next year 2024 um do you think well granted we don't know what the layout is gonna look like for next year but do you think a street course in nashville in particular would be too chaotic for like a championship deciding race
0: hmm um yeah it could be It could be, but like, uh, you know, that's kind of, you kind of got to put yourself in that position to win, you know? Um, like when, if if people want to talk about, uh, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen in 2021, like you also gotta, you can put it all on, uh, you know, on the final race, but it's like you, you do so much leading up to it to where you have to put yourself in a position to win. So
1: that's kind of a different situation though because like Abu Dhabi is not like an
0: interesting <laughs> like <laughs> no, not, it's almost not normal, the exact yet. opposite yeah like it's
1: not a good like background like backdrop for I guess it depends on who you ask probably but like the track itself is very bland it has no real character it's you know
0: yeah no I get what you're saying I'm I'm I just think if you really are the best if I mean, I want you to be like Michael Jordan like just slamming it down and you can win anywhere. If you're really the best, you can win anywhere. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. 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 So hopefully that that comes true. If if it, if it does end up in a situation where next year where we're like looking at Joseph Newgarden about to win on his, on his home track and then uh he gets taken out, yeah, that'll be pretty disappointing. Uh but like yeah. he also needs to
1: perform. Well, and I mean, we kind of talked about this last week, but like, do you think a potential fluke outcome in terms of like a title race is worth having a more exciting venue and a better atmosphere for
0: the finale? Hmm. Yeah. Like the trade off there. Like, yeah. uh, Yeah, I think so. You know, I think you got to go out with a bang. Um, Yeah. Abu Dhabi isn't really. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, even I mean in indie cartoon in indie car terms, um like Laguna Seca is currently and has been for well, I guess so 2020 they finished the season in St. Pete actually, and then 2021 they finished in Long Beach just because things had to be reordered from COVID cancellations and stuff. And like 2021 october when september whenever it was was like the first time california would let them have the long beach grand prix so that's why it ended up at the end of the year and is the you know the title decider um but i felt like those both and obviously like saint pete can breed some chaos as we saw this year Mm -hmm. and like things turned out all right yeah you know so i'm i'm kind of okay with it and i feel like even if Whoever's like, you know, coming into the weekend in third, if they can somehow pull it off because things went batshit crazy, like that's also something that people will talk about, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm gradually like talking myself into like this is a great idea.
0: Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what I, the. I think it's a good You're idea yet, but. but like, yeah, if it's going to be just if it's going to ruin <laughs> so, something like what. OK, let's say next year, let's say we had this year's results like Alex Palau is leading uh, in next year and eh, Nashville the end race mm-hmm. and it takes him out after he's been super dominant most of the year. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That might not be a satisfying end to me. Does that does that answer your question? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, part of it though is like uh, part of the good thing is that they
1: don't do double points anymore for the finale. That they yeah. got rid of that, so like it can't be too fluky. Like you have to be within fifty points. Yeah, that's
0: kind of like what I was saying earlier.
1: Yeah, and know? like everything has to go. Like everything would have to go. Like is catastrophically wrong for whoever's in first. But I get it if you've got like a 20 point lead and like someone takes you out or like we've seen before at Nashville, like the track gets blocked and like everything just goes totally out the window. Um, I can see that, you know, being an issue. But like it doesn't matter, like if it's at the beginning or at the end, like if that's going to happen, that would happen if the race is in August, you know, Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. There was I I,
0: I, I... totally get that. You want it, you want the final race to be about racing and not about like, you know, circumstances.
1: Kind of, I guess, but I'm also like fine, you know, like I'm fine with it. Like Mm -hmm. I, I think it's good that it's an event. I think that's what IndyCar needs is an event for their finale. And, um, there was a report in the Indy Star, um, from Nathan Brown, um, as we all know. <laughs> um, and he kind of talked to some of the drivers about this, you know, the potential of having the finale in Nashville in 2024 and Alex Palou actually, and Marcus Erickson weren't huge fans. Um, Dixon, Ray Hall, and Pato all kind of seemed like in favor of it. Um, and it was potentially more of an event than you see at Laguna Seca, and I don't know. I think that could go a long way in terms of making the finale a little more like you've said multiple times, like IndyCar needs to be like making some of the races throughout the year feel bigger than yeah. what they do now, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think that's ultimately a good thing, regardless if, like the competitive side of things kind of have to take a little bit of a hit. Like it's still, I mean, there's how many street courses on the schedule? Like,
0: and it, that can happen at any of them. And, you know, it's still, you know, it's still racing. It's not like it's, that's changing at all. Yeah. Um, so like Laguna Seca, I've never, I've never watched. Well, maybe I have watched a Laguna Seca race. Um, is that in Portland? Portland is in Portland. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh Laguna Seca is in Monterey. So Okay, yeah, Monterey. Sorry. Yeah. It's uh, uh it's central California on the on the coast, but not like on the coast. You know where Pebble Beach is? Yeah, I do. Yeah. It's near there. Okay. Yeah. South of San Francisco. <laughs> like south of the Bay Area. Near kind of, kinda of near Big Sur, if
0: you've heard of that. Nope. No. Um, no, that one's not ringing any bells, but I don't know. Yeah, if it, if it's if I have to question where this place is, then I don't know if it's really uh, the right well, spot for the finale. I mean, like it, it from a driving standpoint, it's one of the
1: probably the best one of the best tracks in North America from like a mm-hmm. strictly driving standpoint. um, There's the corkscrew, which is like a very, very famous turn it's hard left hard right but it's like I don't remember exactly how steep the drop is but they talk about it it's like driving down like an elevator shaft like that's what it feels like it's almost like directly downhill Hmm. like double black diamond ski hill Yeah, like which is, is cool and one of like the most famous IndyCar passes of all time happened at that corner it was Alex zanardi on Brian Herta actually um and well I'll I'll show you the clip I can't believe I haven't showed you that before but basically <laughs> Alex zanardi just absolutely dive bombs Brian Herta from because you're like climbing up the hill you're climbing mm-hmm. climbing it's long straight a little bit of a kink to it but then you get to the top of the hill and then you just like fall off the face of the earth Earth basically yeah and like as you're turning in, that's when Zanardi like dive bombs and like goes across the track, like through the dirt and out on the other side in front of Brian Hurdett. And it was like the last lap of the race. And this this was in '96. So it like didn't matter for the championship or anything. Jimmy Vassar had essentially clinched the championship at that point, but just like totally out of nowhere, like pulled it off when no one thought he could. Uh, it's. I it was just going to show you the video. It's. It's very
0: very cool. It sounds. I can't like believe that. I haven't showed you
1: that yet. I don't know why.
0: <laughs> it's all part. There's so much to show, and it's all part of the education. And mm-hmm. like this could be like like I said, you know, this, this could be a really good course. Uh, could be a good track, but like I have no idea uh, as a casual fan. So hopefully, when I do watch the race this year, they educate me on that kind of stuff. <laughs> I would not be surprised if they show a clip at some point. But part of
1: why I'm bringing that up is that, like, one of the criticisms of Laguna Seca is that, which technically it's called WeatherTech Raceway of Laguna Sica. Um Part of the criticism of it is that it's, like, not a good s- for, like, spectators. Granted, last year was kind of an exciting race. Joseph Newgarden qualified near the back and, like, needed basically to win to be able to win the championship and he like stormed through the field like mm-hmm. n- like no hold no holding back just like all or nothing balls to the wall like gutsy gutsy performance Um, that made it an exciting race mm-hmm. but it's kind of a hard place to pass Um, and from a spectator perspective like it's not great it's very very hilly not a lot of good viewing points. There's n- hardly any grandstands and they're like on the front stretch. So there's like no passing. And, you know, like from an event standpoint, it doesn't really live up to expectations. Um, why people have liked having in terms of teams. When I say people, I mean teams mm-hmm. and the series have liked having it there because it's a good place to host sponsors. You know, because you're out yeah. in wine country. And yeah. Like, you can you know, schmooze. Yeah. Monterey is a very effluent yeah, place for those of you who haven't been um, and moving it somewhere closer, a little, you know, more in the range of like IndyCar's core fan base, I think, mm-hmm. is something that's good. And I, I again, I bring this up because in this Indy Star article, um, Graham Ray Hall was one of the drivers that Nathan Brown talked to, and he was kind of in favor of it. Well, I mean, he was mostly in favor of it. But I'm going to read you this quote. So he says, I haven't seen the proposed new layout of Nashville, but I've heard it's awesome. And I think that's just what this event has been missing. A really good layout. Ray Hall said, frankly, for us to finish in the Midwest, that's probably where we should be. That's where the core of IndyCar racing is. And to have a great party with all our sponsors there within the big scene of Nashville. That's such a great spot. Now, there's a lot to digest in that quote. Mm -hmm. The most important thing that I want to ask
0: you about is is nashville in the midwest (laughs) uh well you know it's like a seven hour drive for me from chicago uh and it's like a different part of the country like that they don't they're more south than they are midwest and and i think they would appreciate that categorization
1: (laughs) but if you're if you're speaking strictly time-based like omaha is probably seven hours
0: is omaha the midwest no no what is (laughs) omaha then i don't omaha is like kind of south too it's kind of like it's it's almost like southwest like the midwest for me omaha is southwest (laughs) 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 like the like I thought I, Nashville's
1: the Midwest was going to be the most outrageous take we <laughs> talked about today. But Omaha being the Southwest is okay, like,
0: you know, it's not like the Midwest, but it's not the Southwest. It's like the Midwest is like we're up here. Like, to be honest, like you start going to like Kentucky, Tennessee, that stuff like you're getting more into like bluegrass kind of like cultural. The culture is just different. Is Indiana the Midwest? Yeah. Yeah. Indiana's but what's so the difference Ohio.
1: between Southern Indiana and Tennessee? Culturally.
0: Well, you start getting into like the Southern like culture, you know, like yeah, they but have if, like just a different like way of living life. <laughs> yeah. But if Indiana is the Midwest,
1: then like if the, the way of living life is similar well in you get Nashville. kind of
0: you kind of get that stuff in indianapolis
1: <laughs> like you get like, <laughs> that's i feel like that's a very outside outsider's perspective
0: tyler and i don't appreciate <laughs> i'm just and it's it's nothing to like i like i appreciate that culture when i go there but i have no idea like my mind is i just it operates like a chicagoan uh and like And I mean, no offense to anyone living in those states. It's just like, it's it's totally different, man. It's totally different. Like, I appreciate going on vacation down there. (laughs) Let me do that. (laughs) I, I
1: was like pretty strongly in the Nashville is not Midwest. But when you said Omaha is the Southwest, I'm now firmly in the Nashville is the Midwest camp. (laughs)
0: Because that, that is genuinely the most insane thing I've ever heard. And well, like, life. I don't know what's in Omaha, to be honest. Like, I've been there. I stayed. I stayed in a hotel there once uh, for less than eight hours. But it, is Denver the Southwest? Denver's like, yeah, it's getting like more West, but like Southwest. I don't know. It's like West, though. Denver's definitely West. Tyler, you need to see the world. <laughs> it's just no it's a cultural thing i'm telling you like uh, denver is like just one coastline away from california (laughs) like that's all they need and they they would fit right in but that's not the southwest is los angeles the southwest yeah for sure
1: (laughs) (laughs) culturally is los angeles the southwest
0: no, no, but it's it's definitely West Coast, but like okay, I'm I'm talking some. culturally. These are all cultural boundaries. These are not
1: <laughs> these are not geographic. I mean, they are geographic, but
0: they're not strictly defined by geography. Like parts of LA are Southwest, and parts are West. You know, I don't know what to do <laughs> with you right now. <laughs> I'm like truly baffled. It's just like I know this isn't like geographically uh, making sense, but like culturally, that's how I perceive the world is Pittsburgh, the Midwest. Uh, It's uh, it's mixed between Midwest and East Coast. That's not allowed. You can't mix. That's not that's that's what I did for LA. Well, that's not allowed either. (laughs) I guess it's probably more Midwest than East Coast that's fair that's fair i
1: don't know i yeah i think we'll, we'll back it back to the actual point Graham Hall <laughs> was trying to make is that it's like in driving distance of the midwest which i think is a good thing and you're gonna get actual fans there
0: well yeah it's a central location yeah for the for the entirety of the u.s like star wars fans were always talking about conventions the conventions are either in Orlando or in Anaheim or in some other part of the world. Mm-hmm. And we always want it. It came to Chicago one year uh, the big one, uh, the big mm-hmm. Star Wars celebration. And everyone was like, holy crap, this is amazing uh, <laughs> because <laughs> it was cheap for people around the country to get there. Yeah. Which should be the goal for IndyCar. Well, the, I mean, most of their like. I mean, generally speaking, or for the finale, are you saying For the well, definitely for the finale, but generally speaking, you should be trying to get people from out of town into town for your event.
1: Yeah. Agreed.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and yeah, I I think Graham is spot on there with that. Like, I mean, I'm like, I'm already like, man, should I go? (laughs) You know, (laughs) like like I said, I've never been to Nashville. I'm not like a big like party scene guy. Like Nashville doesn't really appeal to me just generally. Mm-hmm. Never like had an urge to go there. Like I kind of like some bluegrass, you know. I'm not yeah. like a big country guy, but like, you know, I can appreciate some good, you know, country western. Mm-hmm. You know, the more more authentic versions
0: Nashville of it. Is like a really hot growing area. Mm-hmm. When we were down there, like it's like Bachelorette party destination oh, yeah. number one. Uh that you know, if you're a guy. Or if you're someone who's just interested in girls, I'm, I don't know if this is true. My Uber driver told us that women out outnumber men sixteen to one. So uh, <laughs> that
1: that's how it seems like a very scientific, totally. I'm sure, I'm sure you put a lot of effort into
0: yeah, yeah. Into determining that figure. So, uh, but like I mean, I can confirm with my eyes. There were a lot of uh, good looking women down there. So. Uh, If that's what you're looking for, like, I don't know, Nashville is just a great time. Good barbecue, good people, music's everywhere. We need to get a picture of Pato in front of the wings.
1: (laughs) Have you seen the Instagram wings? Yeah, I've seen the Instagram. That's (laughs) that's how they should promote the race. Yeah. (laughs) That's the only thing. Just put Pato up everywhere. His picture in front of the wings. All right. Anyway, we can move on. Well, as if you probably if you if you can't tell or as you probably can tell, we don't have a lot to say about this. We kind of d- talked about a of last week, so we're regurgitating a little bit. But yeah, a little off the rails, yeah. but that's all right. Um, another big thing for this week, though, is that Linus Lundquist is making his IndyCar debut um, with Meyer Shank <laughs> racing. Simon Pagano is still not cleared to race. Um, I want to know, Tyler, what you think about, um, Lena Sundquist debuting here in Nashville of all places. And if you think it's going to go better or
0: worse than Tom Blomquist's, (laughs) I (laughs) I saw that on the, uh, on the agenda here. So if I'm remembering correctly, Tom Blomquist's, uh, IndyCar debut was, uh, one lap. Uh, not even it was it was laugh <laughs> one turn one <laughs> Lap one. Okay. Yep. Uh, so yeah, Lena, Linus, 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 Linus. I think it's I Linus. I Linus. Think it's Linus. We can just say long quest to, to yeah. obscure our lack of. Knowledge. Yeah, because I really want to say Linus, but yeah, Longquest, quest uh, his his has to his has to be better than that. Right. Like, yeah, you know, you make it around turn one. You're fine. Um. I'm curious as to like if Simon Pagano really is like still going through concussion testing. I know sometimes in uh, in the NFL you'll see guys sit out for a couple weeks at a time, but this kind of seems a, a little long. Uh, but it was a really bad crash, so maybe there's something else going on. I think it I mean it's it's definitely gotta be
1: like brain related for sure. There's no way it's it's not. I think if it were something more like concretely physical, like a broken bone or something like one. He probably would have been in the car like Joseph Newgarden. I can't remember what year he wrecked at Texas and broke his collarbone. And he was in the car like two weeks later. Jeez. <laughs> like and guys like Tony Canon, I know he's like driven with like a broken hand and a broken wrist. And like a lot of these guys just like power through stuff like that, like
0: actual physical I just curious. Mm-hmm. My curiosity is if Shank is using this as the PR spin for trying out new drivers.
1: Well, see, he someone said that in Marshall Pruitt's mailbag on Racer.com, which I don't know if you read that or not, Tyler. I think that should be like a weekly thing for you, I think. It's people just write in questions and Marshall Pruitt answers them. And occasionally he gets. like the people the questions are about to like reply for him Mm -hmm. um and mike shank someone kind of asked that like you know are they kind of like keeping simon out of the car so they can test people and michael shank was like no fucking way Mm -hmm. (laughs) like as soon as simon's ready he's back in the car so Granted, you probably have to take that with a grain of salt because he's probably not going to come out and admit like. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'd have to yeah, hear we're... his exact wordage, you know? Yeah, but but I, I'll, I'll take, I'll believe you. I'll believe you Um, that, you know, that he was defiant and I'll take it at face value, you know? Yeah,
1: I like, I mean, I do think Simon Pagino would be a better option than, than Linus Lundqvist this week. Yeah. Like this is for a complete rookie who's never been like in a top level car. Like Tom Blomquist, yeah, had never been in in, in an Indy car, but he's like a prototype ace. Like he's very good at what he does and like he's very clearly talented. And I feel like the jump between prototype and which I don't know how much you know about prototypes, but um. Granted, they're, you know, they're not open wheel, but I feel like the jump between prototype and an indie car is not as severe as the jump from an Indy lights car to an Indy car is. Mm-hmm. That's, I, that's my.
0: No, that would make Obviously, sense I have no me.
1: experience. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know that firsthand, and I can't recall anyone actually talking about that and, like, giving me any evidence to back this up. But, like, the speeds are kind of similar, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like they're more similar than indie lights to in, to car. So, um, I do think Simon would be the better option and the more reliable option here. So I, that to me tells me that, like, if Simon could be in the car, he would be in the
0: car. You know. Yeah. Well, that's and, fair, and you want you want to make sure you don't crash the car, yeah. And like, there's all other sorts of things you want to consider when you're a smaller team, Um yeah. So I can understand that, but, but
1: it, it it does. I think it does. You know, if you can't have your driver in the car, yeah. You know, might as well use it as a chance to test someone out.
0: Yeah, to, to kind of get a read on someone. Yeah. So you said Lundqvist was a he's a. 2022 champ for Indy Lights. Yeah. And so um,
1: he actually won at Nashville last year, I'm pretty sure, in Indy Lights. So he's not like that's that's the other thing about it, though, too. On On the flip side is that he does have experience like with the track specifically, mm-hmm. um, which is helpful. You know, like Tom Blomquist had never run it. As far as yeah. I know, had never run at Toronto, so like that is a steeper learning curve than you know someone who's actually driven on the track before. Um, but yeah, he it's, was he was the 2022 Indy Lights champ, and in years past, there's been kind of like a scholarship almost where the Indy Lights champ gets a essentially, I wouldn't say guaranteed, but like they give him a a prize, and it's typically used to run. Or at least try to run an Indy 500 and a couple other races, IndyCar races throughout the year. And if they can find the rest of the budget, that's great. Um, and if they can run the whole season, that's obviously ideal. But it doesn't always work out that way. And usually it's like they run the Indy 500 the next year or whatever. Um, but with Penske buying Indy Lights, I don't know if that was last year or two years ago or whatever. The The prize for the winning driver went down. And like the payouts to the teams went up. And so they kind of eliminated essentially like the guaranteed races that they had before. And so I'm curious what your opinion is on that. If like the Indy Lights champ should have guaranteed opportunities. And do you think it's weird that we're like 12 races into the season and this is his first time?
0: hopping into an indie car. I'm I am surprised that you know it's taken this long to get him into an indie car. But, you know, there hasn't been the Pagano opportunity like stuff like that hasn't popped up as much as I would have thought it would, you know. Yeah. Where someone has to sit out a race or two. Um do they deserve guaranteed starts? Uh you know, I would like to think that uh, the teams are operating at a, a level where they can and will put the best driver they can in the car. Mm-hmm. And they will decide if the Indy lights champ is better than Simon Pagenaud. Um, you know, that's kind of like how, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not saying like baseball is a perfect system, but like, that's how, that's how <laughs> it works in baseball. Hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and you also you know there is something to be said about like putting a guy pulling a guy up when he's not ready Mm -hmm. uh and like getting experience on the track without like you know crashing or like having to race against the best drivers in the world true
1: yeah i think there's something to that
0: yeah yeah i don't know i like i like the
1: idea of promoting from within Mm -hmm. but like Just because he won, just because he win the feeder series championship doesn't mean, like, you necessarily have what it takes. Because, like, there's there's been a lot of guys that have come up and, like, not won, or Mm -hmm. have won and, like, got an actual ride. Spencer Piggott, for example. No offense to Spencer Piggott. Like, and he never got it, like, a top-tier ride. He ran with Ed Carpenter Racing for a couple years. Um, I think he ran the 500 with ray hall one year too actually but um like he just didn't pan out like he, you know mm-hmm. he
0: like he yeah, was great
1: all the way up the ladder and then got to indycar and it just didn't
0: work well like, well that's the thing are you then you have to start questioning is your feeder series really a feeder series because i feel like when you're talking about like indycar f1 these drivers jump around so much mm-hmm. that it's like you know, the guys who are racing in Indy lights might not be competitive in an actual Indy car because we're pulling. I don't know how that works, and I don't know any stats behind that. But if they're pulling a lot of people from the, like, Formula Four, Three, Two over here, uh, and maybe their talent pool is just better over there, you know? Yeah, but I mean the the opposite opposite side of it is that like Kyle
1: Kirkwood won the title, Pato won the title, um Joseph Newgarden won the title. Yeah. Like lots of guys who've had gone on to have successful careers in IndyCar, like not everyone's going to work. And I mean continuing with the baseball example, like not everyone who gets called out from AAA pans out, you know. Yeah. So like I wouldn't go as far as saying like it's not working. (laughs) I think I did see something. I can't remember who it was from. It was a while back, but like I think some team owners are like because there's a lack of ovals. I think that was one of the big things for a long time was that like in Indie lights, you get oval experience and like if you're, pulling guys from F2 or, you know, super formula or whatever, they're only running road courses. So like the learning curve on ovals isn't as steep and because they're not running, like they used to have the freedom 100 at the Indianapolis 500 every week or every year, um, on carb day. Um, they used to, I mean, they used to only run ovals, you know, they run at Chicagoland and Michigan and Kentucky and, Homestead and you know, all these other places, and that's not there anymore. So, I feel like it has kind of like diminished the value of it the last couple years. But I don't know, I'm going way like <laughs> I'm talking way too much. I didn't, we weren't planning on talking about it this in depth, I don't think. But
0: no, nah, we'll, we'll cover indie lights. Uh, yeah. I guess we'll and probably guess in off season to, to be honest.
1: To be fair, it's it's. Indie in NXT now. or oh, yeah.
0: NXT. Yeah.
1: Which is the stupidest thing in the entire world. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh, so <laughs> you think? <laughs> well, I appreciate
1: you guys all listening to that diatribe. <laughs> that, that was
0: totally unnecessary. But <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so do you think uh, Joseph Newgarden is going to be pulled this week? If there's a spot for him to beat him, I think it's this one. I don't know. With as
1: good as below has been on street courses this year. I don't know if that will actually, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a toss up at this point. I, J- Joseph Newgarden needs to beat Alex below this week. That's the yeah. one thing I know for sure.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll, I, I think he does. I think there's a story here for him to win. Um, yeah. And you know, maybe he like maybe in the offseason he's just been like driving up and down. <laughs> Get a little practicing. <laughs> he's practice. been practicing. Yeah. And you know, in his like Elantra or whatever he drives. And I'm sure it's not an Elantra. But <laughs> um, yeah. So I think I think <laughs> Joseph Newgarden he, he, I think he it would be really, really damn good if he got a win here. I guarantee um, you Joseph Newgarden
1: has a C eight Corvette. And probably uh, like an Escalade.
0: Probably. Because so, they're a
1: Chevy team and Penske's heavy on the, the Chevy stuff.
0: Yeah. I feel like yeah, you no. got to keep it in brand. Just wait until he gets to the uh, Hyundai. He'll be on the Hyundai team eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Hyundai Kia and Daewoo.
1: Those are going to be your <laughs> OEMs in 15 years. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All South Korean companies.
0: Yeah. Oh uh, man. Okay. Well yeah. What I do mean, you think? I well, I, I think Newgarden wins, but uh, I I want him to win. I, I think Polo would Polo's still dominant. So but he hasn't he hasn't won in the last few races. So maybe maybe he's getting a little cold. Maybe he's not feeling it. <laughs> um but he's still been pretty dang good. But so. maybe
1: he's hungry. Maybe he really wants it. Yeah. Maybe it could backfire on everyone that he hasn't won in two weeks.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I, I, I said this to you before the before the show. Uh I don't I don't think Scott Dixon's gonna get a win this year. No, you don't think so? I don't think so, man. I feel like he's he's always just right there, you know, hanging out, getting podiums. But never, never like pushing it past that limit.
1: Well, I mean, he did win here last year
0: and that's actually,
1: I think it's his, yeah, it's his last win was here last year. And if there's any race on the schedule that is like, other than mid Ohio, I guess, (laughs) but that's like absolute Scott Dixon territory, like made for a guy like that it's nashville because out of probably anyone else in the field like he's the one guy who can consistently stay out of trouble it -hmm. seems like to me and i mean i think a lot of people would agree with me on that yeah i saw that at saint pete early on yeah yeah so like I, i feel like i feel like this is a good opportunity i mean who knows but i don't know I think he still pulls one off, even if it's not this week. I think mm-hmm. he, I think he can find, find his way to
0: victory lane, as they say. I don't know. I don't know. I think this is the year. It, this will. If he doesn't win this year, this will break his streak. Right.
1: Yeah, he's won in eighteen straight seasons. So and yeah, he's yet to win this year. So for those of you who can't count back that far, it <laughs> would be
0: two thousand four crazy be the last time he didn't win a race in a couple years he'll be racing against kids born in 2004 assuming he's still around but
1: i mean is he not already how old is marcus armstrong
0: armstrong uh, was born in 2000
1: okay damn really
0: yeah that seems he's
1: a he's a ripe young 23 so who's the youngest guy in the paddock right now
0: Hmm. Is it Stingray? I feel Stingray. like Stingray's been around a while. Stingray's 21. Wait, no, no, no. Wait, is... No, yeah, he is. Stingray was born in 2001. Okay, so yeah, maybe not quite 2004 yet, but... David Malukas? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess he's, what? he's... He's 2001, too. Damn it. <laughs> David Malukas was born September 27, 2001. It always boggles my mind when I start seeing these kids... Who you know did not live through nine eleven? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty wild. Because it makes me feel
1: so so yeah, fucking old. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> it's like the there's just the the world just changed that day, man. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <especially> <laughs> Understatement for us, of the century. <laughs> yeah, especially for us here in the states. So,
1: <laughs> oh boy. I I I feel like we should move on. Probably. Uh <laughs> we shouldn't continue down that path. The way things have been going so far this episode <laughs> I don't think we should continue. We should just divert. Divert. <laughs> yeah, so okay. Well, we should we should, you know, just blanket <laughs> ground ground everything until we can figure out what's going on.
0: I think that's <laughs> <laughs> I think Start that's the way we need to go. Historical events. Um, so you mentioned uh, Dixon's got 18 straight seasons. Willpower, he's also on a streak. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't have a win yet either. He's on 15 straight seasons with the win. So I, I think, and I have no backing for this. I think Willpower might might be able to sneak one out here.
1: I think so too. I think he's... they both win one. How many races do we have left? Uh. Oh, uh, five including nashville yeah we have five so okay
0: i'm right about something man
1: it's <laughs> it's it's been a while since it's it's kind of hard to believe but we haven't had a new winner this year since um i guess toronto never mind Get forget me. that excuse me <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah but i mean other than that it was just like pull out blow blow
1: yeah. Well so, yeah, I was gonna other than Christian Lungard, it's been April. Yeah. Since we had a new winner.
0: Yeah. Kind well, of. Oh, I guess it
1: was Barber May. Barber was in May, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. I don't even remember who won Barber. Um Scott
1: McLaughlin. Oh. No, that was April. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I'm all over the place.
0: Yeah. They <laughs> <do>. <laughs> they can tell a lie because you're the <laughs> one who fuck you keep this train on track most nights. And it's like the conductor got into some the secret stash to be uh, to be clear for the authorities
1: i did not get into any secret stashes <laughs> i've had i've had 3 miller high lifes just to go on the record <laughs> <laughs> sounds like but a anyway, secret stash to me let's make some predictions tyler let's uh, let's try and get this back on track and- <laughs> We do, we do have, we uh, decided to do an actual segment, like a uh, capital S segment this. Yeah. This, so let's make some predictions so we can get to that. Because Tyler, I know you put some hard work into that. So I did. I did. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we, <laughs> who do you think it's going to win
0: this week, Tyler? Dun, da, da. It's going to be a big surprise. Joseph Newgarden. And... If you had said Alex Plo, I would have killed you i know i feel like i can't do that uh that many well the thing is if you look back it's like pull out, pull out new garden new garden new garden now so
1: <laughs> or well I, like I,
0: Christian I said uh, new garden double podium last time and that that panned out but uh i can't remember who i had for winter um i think
1: you had colton you you climbed yeah, onto to mine it. you had colton i can't remember who else you had but yeah
0: but yeah i i think new garden wins this one um and then I think that becomes an actual competition, like even more so uh, between him and Puelo, and we get a real spicy uh, last few races of the season. But Puelo is going to win Gallagher, so
1: I yeah, I think that's our well, yeah, dunk. I think so too. <laughs> but uh, that's yeah, that's for next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. We we'll talk about that more later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I still have to let Colton Herder ride. I got to do it. I'm I'm keeping him up there until he wins a race. He's burned you so many times. He hasn't burned me. I still have faith in him, Tyler. I don't know. I have faith, and to to really show it, not only not only do I have faith in Colton Herder, I have faith in Andretti Autosport, and so. Along with Colton Herta winning the race, because, I mean, they have had good pace. And granted, Toronto kind of got, you know, thrown in the blender with qualifying being half in the rain and like, mm-hmm. you know, just how the whole weekend played out. Um, Colton Herta is going to win, like I said, but Kyle Kirkwood is also going to be on the podium, and I'm debating on going really, really far out on a limb here. Um But I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. It's going to be all Andretti podium. It's going to be Colton, Kyle and Romain Grosjean all on the podium. And you know what? Devlin's going to have a top 10.
0: What is going I'm, on in I'm your brain right now? I'm going all in.
1: Now. I'm going all in, Tyler.
0: This is I, a weird night. We need all some fives
1: vibes for Andretti Autosport. We need, they need to be competitive. If they do need to be competitive. IndyCar
0: series has a competitive Andretti Autosport. I just don't, I just don't see it. And you know, shame on both of us because Ray Hall, Waterman, Lanigan has proved that they're putting stuff together. And not ni- we, neither of us chose any Ray Hall, Otterman Lanigan. Blunkard's gonna finish fifth, probably. I think that's realistic, but maybe yeah. they pull out and do better than that. You know, I don't know. Um no, I don't think so. Graham is gonna crash.
1: Jack Harvey's gonna finish 18th. Jack Harvey's a different story, yeah. but, you, but etch it in stone. Get out your hammer and chisel. That's I, I think that's a little harsh. Uh, Graham is going to crash or finish ninth. Lungard is going to finish fourth or fifth, and Jack Harvey is going to finish 18th or worse. That's
0: absolutely guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed along with an Andretti taking like all top four spots. <laughs> I said top 10 for Devlin. That's I know. That's top 10 for reason. Devlin would be huge. Uh,
1: but Andretti has been so fast on all the street courses all year. Granted, Grosjean did not
0: have a great weekend in Toronto, but he was up there at Long Beach. He was up there at St. Pete. I could see Kirkwood getting the podium and I could see Herta winning. The thing is, it's not out of the realm of possibility.
1: Well, uh, and Colton Herta was fast there. Not I don't know if that was last year, but two years ago, he like threw away the win. He was leading and just dumped
0: it into the fence like he was fast there. I The thing is, I I, Grosjean needs to like finish the race like that's where I'm at with him. He's due. He's had what, like eight races in a row where he's (laughs) (laughs) he's wrecked
1: like he's due. He's due.
0: Yeah. But like a podium. I don't know. He drives like a madman, and then he gets off. He gets out of the car and he yells at his team. That's well, what I don't like about Grosjean. I'm not saying you have to like it. I'm just saying it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> don't isolate that audio, please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out what happens. Uh, I am really excited for the race, regardless of how much of a train wreck this podcast has been. Um, right, well, maybe this is performance art, Tyler. Maybe we're just <laughs> we're leaning into
1: it we're trying to go it's off the rails as the race is gonna be
0: yeah but like i'm more excited for the recap to be honest because like it's it's kind of hard to just be like oh this is what we think is gonna happen especially someone like me who i don't know this sport like <laughs> at all um in comparison to how much i know other sports so
1: yeah um, no it'll be fun all it's, right it's it's it, at the very least it'll be interesting Something will happen that no one could have expected other than an all Andretti podium, which I called on this podcast.
0: If it's if that happens, I don't know what I'll do, but I'll do something special for you. I'm very much looking forward I'll, to that. I'll, I'll buy you like Are you taking requests? pizza or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> not what I had in mind, but Yeah, don't get don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh...
0: All right. Well, let's let's get into, our, into yeah. our Capital S segment. Capital S segment. Uh so we're going to start something new here. Uh it's just going to be a quick, you know, getting to know the drivers, driver spotlight, some of the lesser known guys out there. Um you know, I think that 100 Days to Indy did a pretty good job on this, but they, you know, their budget isn't as big as ours to be frank. Um, well, they only had
1: <laughs> They only had 6 episodes. <laughs> we might have too many episodes tyler i think we might need to have that discussion
0: yeah yeah well well, you know you know well if they cut back on the budget problem sorry to interrupt continue (laughs) no no that's fine um this will be conversational uh but yeah just to kind of recap because i don't like i don't know who marcus armstrong is uh like what do you know about him
1: i know almost nothing i know he's from new zealand um i know he drives for chip ganassi racing I know he's only doing road courses this season.
0: That's pretty much all I know. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah, he's he's the third Kiwi driver. He's born in 2000. Uh he just had a birthday, so happy belated. Oh. Uh, yeah. Happy Marcus. Birthday Marcus. You know. Uh, I'm sure he's listening. I'm sure he is with all the time he has. Uh <laughs> and he's definitely made it to <laughs> this point in the podcast. Uh So <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what another thing i know about him is that
1: he might have a podcast i'm pretty sure he has a podcast so he's a our colleague he's our yeah colleague. he is a colleague
0: yeah his podcast is uh screaming meals uh he does it with callum Iwat and uh i think i think one of his buddies who's like an insurance salesman i haven't listened to it um but he did have uh enzo fittipaldi on there recently so uh if you're if you're into you know that i would you know, I guess go check it out. Uh don't know where <laughs> the name Screaming Meals comes from. I thought it might come from uh, Screaming Females, the punk band, but I, I couldn't find a connection there. So
1: um, if you haven't listened to Screaming I haven't, Females,
0: check them out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely check them out. If you're into punk. Uh, uh, yeah. So Marcus, uh, he, you know, started single seater racing in 2014. So he's been doing it for like a solid 10 years now. And if he was doing it in 2014, he would have been, you know, like 14 years old. Uh, that's pretty wild, which is actually.
1: I mean, that's weird not, to think about that's not, I guess, do you count single seaters? I don't know. You probably wouldn't know this, but like, yeah, go, I, 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 I don't think noticed. go-karts
0: count as single seaters. I don't think so. Uh, because there was a different kind of history on that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, at, at the right page is 17. He wins the Italian F4 championship you, you want to tell me what that is because I and you don't even have to know the thing is I have no idea how the minor league system works over there <laughs> in terms of like Italian <laughs> F4 F3 like there's all these different formula races uh and it's I I think it's it's
1: it's just more localized like it's it's almost like I think there's like a British F4 like there might be a German F4 or a French f4 like I think it's very like it's more regional. It's kind of like minor league baseball, you know, like, I mean, granted things totally changed a couple of years ago, but like you used to have like the pioneer league and like the Midwest league and, you Mm -hmm. know, like these very small, like New York Penn league, whatever, like all these smaller leagues that are very like, you know, encompass four or five States kind of thing. It's very similar. Like, Italian F4 obviously is all Italian, yeah. like Italian tracks, probably Italian teams, not necessarily, but probably. Um, and it's just because like an F4 team doesn't have the budget of an F1 team, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and like the cars are all like it's spec. Um, I don't like. I don't know exactly how it works in terms of like practice and car development and, you know, qualifying all that stuff, like what the race formats are, if they're, you know, if they're like seven laps or what, you know, like typically different rules and stuff. Yeah, like typically at the lower levels, the races are shorter and like the cars aren't as advanced and, you know, things just gradually expand and get more like top level as you go up obviously like that's how every sport works but um okay yeah it's just a very localized
0: like i can understand that yeah it's like single a ball yeah. like low a essentially yeah so he he you know he wins this 2017 uh Italian F4 championship and he's racing it's not like you know it's not like joe and and uh you know what's what's a good italian name enzo um <laughs> down the street <laughs> Uh, it's like, uh, there's 29 other drivers out there that he's competing against, uh, well, you know, to, so to some be some fair, jumping in, but yeah,
1: to be fair, at the lower levels, you do have a lot of people who like can't hang to, <laughs> <laughs> to be casual about it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: So they're yeah, but I mean, there's still cars on the track.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you know, I mean, still... you have to beat them, but like, if you have a check, you can, <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: you can jump in there. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, there's like the bar is very low to like qualify for that.
0: Yeah. So, you know, and he he's racing against uh, Felipe Drugovic, uh, w- which, you know, that that guy was on his podcast. That's what I meant to say. I said Enzo. Uh, but Felipe just, you know, won the 2022 F2 championship, uh, you know, not that long ago. So he's he, he beat him out. He beat out Enzo Fittipaldi, Red Bull junior driver currently oh, who um, just
1: won the F2 was it sprint race? Yeah, sprint race at Spa. Okay. Yeah. There you go. And grandson of Emerson Fittipaldi, who's a two time Indianapolis 500 winner. Crazy. And F1 champion, world
0: champion. And
1: I'm pretty sure he won an IndyCar championship.
0: Was oh. that called something? They won all, all those? Um, or At least, or an F1 champion and an IndyCar champion.
1: Well, there's like,
0: I mean, there's probably another, probably a few. I mean, there's like the
1: triple crown, but yeah, but that's the triple different. crown kind of the, the death single race depends on who you ask. And yeah, typically it's, it's defined as Monaco Indy 500 and yeah. Le Mans.
0: But mm-hmm. yeah, anyway. Okay. Um, So also in 2017, big year for him. Nice 17 year old man. Uh, is the runner up in the ADAC adac formula four championship uh so he and he was racing against uh you know again felipe enzo and and david malucas this time uh which you know it's it's cool to see that he's like kind of competing against uh these people that are big names mm-hmm. uh, because like it just shows like the talent that he has i guess um at least at this point in his career, 2017 might've just been a a really good year. Maybe like as he kind of climbs the ladder to F3 and F2, he just, it gets a little bit more competitive because in, in formula three, he makes uh, I think he makes that jump in 2018 or 2019. He starts going up against guys like South Guanyo, uh, Christian Lungard, Nikita Maysman, Mick Schumacher, all these guys from who were, you know, kind of peripheral F1 guys, Mm -hmm. but he's, he seems like he's only finishing, you know, top couple top 10s. In F2 he only uh he finishes 13 in both 13th in both of the seasons there. Uh do you think that's like a ability thing or an, a car thing or a, um, thing? a bit of both? Well, so the thing is
1: like a lot of these like regional yeah, yeah. things like they're not necessarily like if you're just looking at the Wikipedia page like he might not necessarily have, like, ran the whole season, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It might like, be here and there. But you're speaking specifically about F2, right? Uh, Back there, I covered F3 and F2, so. um, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to make an good. informed opinion, but I
0: don't know entirely. Yeah. Like... It's okay, but it's just like, hey, this is kind of cool that, you know, he was racing against these kind of big names. Um I mean, there's definitely like, I I think
1: there are kind of like the top teams who kind of have backing from some of the F1 teams and I don't know. I Yeah, I just, I don't know enough about it.
0: I wish well, I knew more. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, you know, kind of I I would say he kind of petered out or for whatever reason in F2, he doesn't doesn't perform as well as, Mm -hmm. you know, some of those other names there. Uh, And it's in October 2022. Dale Coin reaches out and he gets some sort of testing or something like that. I can't even remember uh and he's probably a test cuz he didn't yeah. race before. Dale Coin was year, pretty yeah. pretty hot on him. Uh and then uh you know 3 months later Chip Ganassi signs him. So it's got to be got to be uh pretty important.
1: If anyone knows how to find an obscure European racing driver, it is Dale Coin. Why do you say that? <laughs> cuz he has made a living doing that (laughs) well i I could i could read you the name like a list of the names of people who've driven for dale coin racing and i guarantee you like 90 percent of them you've never heard of (laughs) is that a good
0: thing or a bad thing (laughs) i mean it's not a good thing i mean yeah yeah and it's i think that kind of continues to to happen because you know, uh as, as good as Marcus Armstrong has seemed at times, uh, and you know, he's he's over at Chip now. Uh he has only led five laps this season. And he I don't know if this is good or not, I guess. He's completed 41% of the laps. Uh and you know, four top ten finishes isn't nothing, but he's sitting at 18th. So I feel like that's a very
1: that stat, the 40%, yeah, 41% of laps. That probably includes all the oval laps, and ovals have way more. Yep. So, like, 41% is not good. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, if he ran every race this year, 41% would be terrible.
0: Yeah, but we just had 500 at Iowa. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. 500 Iowa. You had 200 at the Indy 500. Two, I can't remember exactly how many laps they ran at Texas, but...
0: Yeah. I think it was probably 200. So, yeah. so IndyCar, uh, IndyCar.com, uh, fix that. <laughs> fix it percentage. Uh, the stats on there are
1: despicable. Yeah. Cause that... <laughs> for a company sponsored by literally a company with data in its name, <laughs> it's just absolutely atrocious. It's terrible. Put up it's... the Power
0: BI and let it run. Yes.
1: Yeah. Don't, don't, don't look at it in any other way. Hopefully at some point they address that, but
0: yeah, I think we'll be, uh, self-reliant.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll be waiting a long time. (laughs) (laughs) if We wait for them to, to make it useful. Yeah. I
0: suppose. Well, that wraps up our spotlight on, uh, Marcus Armstrong. Uh, you know, just a real brief one there these may ebb and flow uh there might be more uh more stuff about other drivers but but that that's about that's as best as i can gather his story and how he got here
1: i'm impressed by some of the like the names of some of the people he has raced against and beat frankly i mean like the italian f4 championship i mean like
0: Yeah, he had a a couple names
1: in there that, you know, people that are for pretty dedicated racing fans. I mean, for an F4 championship, like to be able to recognize a couple names, that's it's impressive. Uh, Like, I I didn't know that. And that's I think that says a lot about, you know, the quality of driver you have in IndyCar. I know it kind of has this reputation as like, you know, F1 washouts and like you know, people who couldn't hack it in the European feeder series kind of deal, but mm-hmm. I mean, he beat those guys in probably the same equipment. So I think that says a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it does. It, it definitely made me look at him in a different light. For um, sure. So, uh, I'll, I'll keep that in mind as he's racing against David Malucas or, you know, even, <laughs> even with Callum, um, you know, knowing that they have a podcast together. Uh, <laughs> so is there any other news that you wanted to cover you know there's probably some stuff
1: we could talk about but i feel like the way this whole thing is going yeah
0: (laughs) might be best to just punt (laughs) yeah there's plenty other time to cover the news um all right well hey if you yeah. One thing I
1: we should say is the TV ratings for Iowa were up significantly, which is very good. I just want to say that. And that's encouraging. I don't know how you feel about that. It was up 31% year over year. I know I'm just totally backtracking on what I just said, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's good. Uh, do you think it's because of Ed Sheeran and, and the celebrity guests or how much of it do you think is that? I don't think so. Cause like, it's not like the, like
1: the TV advertisements weren't for like, Mm -hmm. you know, cause Ed Sheeran wasn't going to be on NBC, you know? Yeah. And like, there was no point in like TV hyping that up. I mean, granted. Yeah. When they're talking about it, when you're actually watching the race, they're talking about it because like they're, you know, talking about the event, the event itself, (laughs) My, my like cynical snarky answer to this question is that it's all the people who couldn't afford to get tickets that were at the race last year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Here's 30 the math
0: on that does not work, but that's, yeah.
1: that's going to be my answer.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit of both, you know, Yeah, well, in we'll something else, but yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it's all, it's good to end on a, on a high note. Yeah. Good viewership is good. So if you've made it this far in the podcast, uh, <laughs> you're, you're a hardcore fan and we really appreciate you. And we yes. want to hear from you. So reach out to us at 16streetpod at gmail.com. That's 16 pod at gmail. Uh, feel free to tweet at us too or shoot us. or, or I don't know what it is. Uh, a- X at us. X yeah, at us. Who knows D- what, it's, know. what
1: it is anymore?
0: DM us. Tell us how, how much this went off the rails. Tell us the timestamp of when you stopped listening. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: at 16 street, What a street brilliant idea.
1: <laughs> That's how you drive engagement.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um so uh yeah thank you guys so much for listening uh please leave us a review subscribe to us if you want some more of this madness uh you know i think our recap episodes have a little bit more glamour um and a little bit more flair because there's just so much more to talk about and the energies there uh these ones are fun uh and we're we're gonna get a little bit more formulaic with them i think yeah. uh i am i do want to interject here and say don't review us <laughs> maybe don't do this episode this one yeah clean clean your palate yeah get the next one in you know or you know maybe listen to the last one i I felt pretty good about that one uh but (laughs) this one is a little it's a little rough uh so uh and you know lastly just thank you to penny wishes for bringing some sort of light to this garbage audio that we just put out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which I also want to add, uh,
1: Sierra from Penny Wishes has a book coming out. I'll get you more details. No, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the exact details, but she's going to have a book coming out. So I'll we'll post a link or something. I don't know. But
0: yeah. Yeah. I we'll, yeah. anyway. we'll read it. We'll read it. We'll review it. We'll have her on. We'll put it put on a livery. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my sincerest apologies to all of you. Mine as well. All right. Bye. Three, two, one.
1: 35, 5 seconds, who's going to win it?